0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Y'all, before we begin the show today, I want to make sure you are aware that supporting our sponsors supports the program. I know we do a fundraising push for TheResurgent.com resurgent.com and the like. But supporting our sponsors really supports us because it lets the sponsors know that you guys are paying attention. And podcast listeners tend to be among some of the savviest shoppers out there and tend to be among some of the most loyal. So supporting our sponsors supports us. And I got to tell you, this week's sponsor is a great one to support. I've been using their product for a while and love it uh, before even they started becoming a podcast sponsor. And that's Quip. Uh, Great, great, great electronic toothbrush and really really a great one to travel with and I've tried a lot of them and this one is the most convenient to travel with more about it in the show but please support our sponsors it's nine after the hour we got a new bulb in here wow (laughs) so there's a little bulb that turns red uh, when the microphone comes on, so everyone knows that you're no longer allowed to cuss and it's, uh, they've changed it. It looks like it's, a one of those lead lights or say it's super bright in here. I, I might be able to, if it's actually like a suntan bulb or something. Wow. Maybe it's a heat lamp. <laughs> In any event, welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. Can I just, one more word on Delta before we move on. I see these hysterical, they, they've had talking heads on all the business networks today. will Delta leave Atlanta with Delta abandon its Atlanta hub. Could Delta move elsewhere? New York City is, or yes, as if Delta's going to go to New York City and make LaGuardia its hub. Have you ever been to LaGuardia? If 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 you had to pass through LaGuardia to get to heaven or hell, they would rename that airport purgatory. Because you're not leaving. I mean, your soul will be delayed. Jesus will have returned the second time and, and cast this earth away, and you will still be stuck at LaGuardia before you find out whether you're actually going to heaven or hell. It's that there's no way Delta is leaving Atlanta. Have you been to the airport recently? I have. In fact, I will be spending every week this month at the airport, unfortunately. Um, and Delta has poured massive amounts of money into upgrades, capital upgrades uh, at the airport. There's no way Delta's leaving Atlanta uh, for something it doesn't have. Again, Delta doesn't have this tax exemption and they're going to get it anyway, folks. Let's be honest here. Delta is going to get the sales tax exemption on, on aviation fuel. Why? Two reasons. One, Atlanta is the only aviation hub for any major airline in this country that doesn't do it every other major aviation hub, uh, in Charlotte, in Houston, in Dallas, in, um, in Denver is Chicago, in Newark in JFK in New York, uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles people, for God's sakes, um, Cincinnati, Detroit, all of them exempt, uh, aviation fuel from sales tax for, uh, commercial carriers at those airports. Atlanta is the only one that doesn't. So, of course, our legislature is going to give it to them because every other legislature gives it away. Now, why is the other reason they're going to get it? Because our Republicans... And the legislature are, in general, a bunch of crony capitalists. They believe the government can pick winners and losers. And in particular, if you are an existing Georgia business, you are a perennial loser with our legislature because they are vastly more interested in whoring themselves out to get out-of-state businesses to come to Georgia. I mean, they never mind. I better not use that analogy. It'll get me in trouble. Nonetheless, our legislature are cheap dates with Fortune 500 companies trying to move into Georgia. And they are convinced. In fact, I, I all but guarantee you they have some sort of tacit agreement with Delta for this to happen because they're all saying it so assuredly. At least they were until Friday afternoon. Uh, that if they were to give Delta this tax exemption on or a sales tax exemption on jet fuel, that Delta would expand the number of places around the world it flies from Atlanta, which would then make Atlanta even more attractive to Fortune five hundred companies. So Delta's probably going to have to wait until next year. I mean, keep in mind, Casey Cagle was okay with this, as was the Speaker of the House, until the NRA issue. They, they, they Time heals all wounds, including this one. They will get the sales tax exemption. So no, they're not going anywhere else. It is ridiculous. You know what this may do, though? Maybe, just maybe, it will stop Amazon from coming to Georgia. That would be a blessing it would be a blessing, and I know some of you think it would not be. And some of you will be mad. And I guarantee you some of the candidates running, mostly the Democrats probably, will attack Casey Cagle if, if Amazon announces it's not coming to Georgia. The, he will probably get savaged by the Democrats because of this. Blamed, whether, whether or not this has anything to do with it or not. But if it does have something to do with it, that would be a good thing. We, we don't need them. Can you imagine in downtown Atlanta... It is five fourteen. We're about to go to Doug Turnbull for traffic. Can you imagine seven Bank of America plazas, the the largest building in Atlanta? Seven, actually, I'm sorry, it's nine. Nine more buildings that size in downtown Atlanta, all leaving work right now because that's what Amazon needs space-wise, and that's what would be happening. With this Amazon setup in downtown Atlanta, yeah, I, I mean, think of that amount of people that we would be um, bringing into Atlanta. They they they've scoped out property along the Gulch At least some developers have tried to lure Atlanta there. Over by Mercedes, can you imagine if there was a soccer game and at the same time they were letting out that volume? I mean, people would never. It would be the snowstorm every day. The snowstorm from two years ago, that would happen every day on the roads. We don't need Amazon to come to Georgia. And this this shameless whoring by the legislature of Georgia to get these out-of-state companies to come in. Delta's not going anywhere, but that doesn't mean we need to get Amazon here profoundly change uh, the culture of the state, the gentrification of the state. It would hurt um, poor African-Americans in downtown Atlanta because all the young white hipsters from Seattle would come down here and and raise property values too much um, for these families to be able to pay the property taxes. It just, no, we don't need this. So if this is a small blessing, not that this would have anything to do with Amazon, which by the way, there's a report out today that they're aggressively looking at uh, Austin and Denver, Atlanta not being in the equation. So I think we can move on from Delta. They're going to get this exemption. It's, it will probably now be 2019, not 2018, when they get it. But you just rest assured, our legislature cannot help itself, or to quote Ann Richards, the former governor of Texas, hip itself. It cannot hip itself. It's got to give uh, Delta this tax exemption for its own pocket lining, not for Delta's. Can I move on now? I hope so, because there's a clip circulating of Ronald Reagan. uh, Beto O'Rourke, he's challenging Ted Cruz in Texas. He's the darling of the left. He's circulating this clip on Twitter. Listen to this clip. It's got 865,000 views today. Do you feel that by banning military rifles, we will be able to take the guns out of the hands of the murderers without having it escalate to taking guns away from hunters, the ones who are most responsible for saving our forests, and wetlands which are vanishing rapidly oh. <laughs> our hunters who will save our forests and wetlands uh, they had hipster weenie liberals back then when ronald reagan was running for president this was a clip from looks like uh 1989 listen to this i would be very happy
1: to answer that question california has a system unlike that of many others
0: uh, states, in which when you go in to buy a gun, uh,
1: you put down your money and you buy the gun, but you don't get to pick up the gun uh, for several days, because investigation is then made to make sure that you're not a felon, that you don't have a record of bad conduct, or that you are mental illness or anything, and then you can come back and get your gun. And I do not believe in taking away. The right of the citizen to own guns for sporting, for hunting, and so forth, or for home defense, but I do believe that an AK-47, a machine gun, is not a sporting weapon or needed for defense at home.
0: Now, so this is a hipster liberal at the University of Southern California asking this question of Ronald Reagan in 1989 after he was done with president. Look, 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 Ronald Reagan, he supports, he supports the three-day wait. Uh, that's actually not what Ronald Reagan was saying, and Ronald Reagan as president several times noted he didn't support a three-day wait. He was just noting California has that. He was in California addressing a California person about a California thing. And by the way, uh, the ak seven forty seven and the machine gun automatic rifles you can't get without great difficulty. You, you've got to have a special... Uh, license and permitting process to get those so everybody's circulating this clip saying Ronald Reagan supports these things no they're completely taking him out of context um Ronald Reagan was commenting on California law as it existed educating this young man from the University of Southern California I mean what a liberal that guy was too um, and then say, no, that the, the AK-47 and the machine gun, they're, they're not for hunting or self-protection. No, they're not really for hunting and self-protection. They are automatic weapons that you cannot go to any gun store in America today and buy uh, without a massive lengthy waiting process. And even then, it's ridiculously expensive because they don't make machine guns for sale to Americans anymore. They, they were dated, I think, what was it, before the early 80s or some such? Um, completely taking Ronald Reagan out of context to satisfy the lies of the left on this. Uh, And it's really interesting to see a guy trying to run against Ted Cruz in Texas on the issue of we need to take away semi-automatic weapons, which is what Democrats are proposing today in Congress. More on that when we come back. I want to take a quick time out to thank this week's Sponsor Blue Apron is treating my listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Now, I know there are a lot of you out there who you see all of these particularly if you're on instagram like i am and you love to cook you will see ads for these places that will send you a box of groceries and recipes and I've tried a bunch of them and I really like Blue Apron and I think it's to Blue Apron's credit in fact that you got the federal government saying they want to model a food program on what Blue Apron does they are the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone and they achieve it by supporting a sustainable food system setting the highest standards for ingredients building a community of home chefs and they offer three plans for you a two-person meal plan that serve two people choosing eight new recipes per week with the choice to deliver either two or three recipes a week a family meal plan this is what i do meals that serve four people you choose four new recipes per week with the choice to either two three or four recipes any week and they also have a wine plan six bottles of wine from renowned winemakers delivered monthly they offer 12 new recipes each week And customers get to pick two, three, or four recipes. Now, I will tell you, I have repeated some of the recipes I've gotten from Blue Apron. Uh, They have a great Mexican casserole dish that my family has come to love. And of all things a mustard green recipe that you really got to try. Uh, I just, you know, I've never really eaten mustard greens before. And I was like, you know, I'll give it a try. It was fantastic. And then the beef medallions in pan sauce. So we've tried this one before. I, I got it. Once we get used to some of the recipes, we really like them and do them over, but they've got a wide selection of recipes to fit every palate, even the super picky eaters. And I am a picky eater, believe it or not, as much as I cook, I really have enjoyed Blue Apron, and I thank them for sponsoring. Blue Apron is treating my listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. So check out this week's menu. Get $30 off at blueapron.com slash Eric. It is a better way to cook at Blue Apron. Thank you for sponsoring. I love my audience. Sometimes you guys are nitpicky. Yes, I know, you can buy a semi-automatic AK-47, I have one. That's not what Ronald Reagan was talking about, he was talking about an auto, fully automatic rifle. You should know that in 1994, Ronald Reagan did sign a letter with Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford uh, saying he supported uh, Congress's assault weapons ban. Um, so there is that, but that's not what he was talking about in this clip that's being circulated. Uh, technicalities, technicalities. All righty. When we come back can we move on? Actually, I do want to move on. I want to keep on the issue of the students from Parkland High School because there's a new um, there's a new angle of defense for them. Do you know if you talk about them in any way critically you hate them and you're obsessed with them? Never mind that they're in the news every day. In fact, uh, one of them was on television last night lying about Marco Rubio, and it was a lie uh, because the student had been in the room listening to Marco Rubio say something and then completely distorted and misrepresented willfully so what Rubio had actually said uh, in order to try to make a political hit on Rubio. And, And I do think that it is relevant to call them out if they're in a public debate and they're just making stuff up. Uh, we have an obligation, I think, to to speak truth to their bullying, and it is bullying. Uh, they're targeting Federal Express now, trying to get people to boycott FedEx. Uh, they are targeting other companies, and now they want to go after banks where gun companies do business. Uh, this is bullying by these kids. It's thirty-nine after the hour. That light is really bright. I just want you to know that this this is a. I mean, I feel like I'm in a red light district all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like I'm 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 in Amsterdam. All all we need is like the 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 smell of drugs. To well, we are at a radio station, so. <laughs> wow, welcome! It's Eric Erickson. The phone number is four zero four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred. W.S.B. talk. I Hopefully today can be the last day I talk about David Hogg. There is a, a, a stunning new tactic from Generation Tide Pod Eater out there. That if you talk about David Hogg at all, you are obsessed with him. Why are you obsessed with him? Why are you a hater? He's just a kid but you want him to set public policy. And he's being trotted out on all of these TV news shows to determine public policy. You, you hater. Why are you obsessed? I mean, I've been seeing liberals in the media do this all day because I I put up a piece at the Resurgent this morning about him. Um, uh, The title of the piece Is the dead are not David Hogg, is not the dead. And the point here of this piece is that David Hogg is a survivor of that terrible, monstrous event. He has every right to be heard, but he is not the survivor, he is a survivor. And I don't have any idea what the gun rights positions are of those who died. What I do know is the survivors don't have a common position. And I'd suspect probably some of those who did die had had various gun positions and wouldn't all be in favor of rounding up all guns. I mean, among the survivors... You've got several who've come forward to express their discomfort about the anti-gun stance taken by folks like David Hogg. You've got others who've come forward to express their discomfort with his tone and attacking and bullying those who disagree with him, even if they agree with his gun control stance. But the media is ignoring all of those people. The media is allowing David Hogg to be a representative of the dead, and he is essentially co-opting their names and their memories for his own personal political agenda. You may agree with his personal political agenda. I don't. But it doesn't give him the right to bully other people. It doesn't give him the right to say, for example, that my friend Dana Lash doesn't care about kids or that she owns the government or that, that she's a, a hater or, or in bed with murderers or whatnot. Uh, she has kids of her own and she disagrees. And listen, and I need to tell you all that this is to some degree, this issue has become personal to me. I have never been in a mass shooting, thank God, nor have my children, thank God. I have had people show up on my front porch to threaten my family. We have had gay rights activists pulled into our driveway in the middle of the night just to intimidate us. We have had people stand on our street and heckle my kids in the front yard we've had my kids chased down through a store and yelled at by people Uh, i i have if you've listened to this program as long as i've been on the air i was never a big gun champion i would gladly support the second amendment but it was never a big champion or ardent defender of guns and in 2016 had to learn how to use one had to use one And I am flat out offended by a kid excusing the police deputies who were incompetent and failed to run into a school and protect kids while attacking uh, Republican politicians who are in no way responsible simply because he's a partisan Democrat and the media won't call him out on it. And then who would take a position that I should have to give up my guns and wait to call 911 and wait 5 to 15 minutes, if at all, for police to show up when people show up on my front porch. I have been swatted, folks. I have had people put my phone number out. I had a guy call 911 claiming to be me saying that I had murdered my wife and was going to murder the next door neighbor so that a SWAT team would come gun me down. I don't need to be lectured by a 17-year-old who needs a grief counselor instead of a PR machine about guns. I've had to deal with the issue in my own way, and my way was to decide I'm going to take my family's safety into my own hands instead of depending on bureaucrats who may or may not be competent that this kid wants to excuse so he can have partisan targets. It's just infuriating. Listen, If Generation Tide Pod Eater gets to make public policy decisions because a handful of that generation were involved in a school shooting, what about those of us who've had people show up on our doorstep who, you you know, this station, very fortunately, for several months covered the costs of security at my home? Uh, But this station could not be asked to continue to cover those costs. It would be unfair for me to do that uh, to this company for my personal safety. I took my safety into my own hands and that of my family. And we got lessons. We taught our kids to shoot. We taught our kids gun safety. Uh, We started buying guns and ammo. And I think we as citizens, if we believe in individual liberty, which the left less and less does these days, we should take into our own hands uh, the accountability for our own safety. And in this day and age, that involves having a gun to protect our family. And you can tell me all the statistics about, well, accidental injuries in homes and suicides and whatnot. Yes, that is absolutely true. But among those who are a reasonable family of sound mind who have learned gun safety, it's not really true. You can learn, you can take classes, you can learn how to use a gun, you can learn how to be safe with a gun, you can learn that you shouldn't leave loaded guns around your home, you shouldn't leave loaded guns in your purse where small kids can get them, you can exercise common sense. What you cannot do is stamp out evil. And if evil shows up on your doorstep, you're going to have to ask yourself a question that some of these kids would prefer you not have to ask. Uh, Do you confront evil yourself or do you call 911 and hope for the best in a timely arrival? And I think uh, if you're playing the odds, you probably need to go on and confront it. So go get some lessons as opposed to hoping for the best after a 911 call that may or may not go through if the switchboard is full. It's 55 after the hour. How about we go to the phones now? David and Conyers, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric, how you doing? I'm well. How about yourself?
1: All right, all right. Hey, I want to ask a question, and I see this all the time, and I, I don't know just how ignorant the left is about the gun laws that are on the books, but they keep throwing this phase, phrase around, common sense legislation. Why doesn't anybody
0: ask them specifically what it is they want? And I'll almost guarantee you that everything they say is either already illegal
1: or against the law, or has already been
0: tried, and the evidence has shown it doesn't work, David. That's just Such because you the like the common sense to know 94. what they want. I mean, it, it's you. It, the problem is you, David. It's not. It's not them. <laughs> forget I'm a hater. Yes, you're right. You're right. Why are you obsessing about the left, David? <laughs> yes, I mean, honestly, every time they throw stuff out about uh, this, that, and the other, um, they they don't know that's already For example. Uh, I was on CNN the other day and the issue came up about uh, why not just let you got 50 states. If the states want to do stuff, go for it. Leave Congress out of it. You can get something done faster. And the CNN host said, well, uh, then you could go to another state and buy a gun under a a less stringent gun law and bring it back to your state. I said, that's not the way it works. Like, yes, yes, it is. I said, no. If I were to go to, for example, uh, California or I was a Californian and came to Georgia to buy a gun. I would have to have it shipped to California. I couldn't take it with me, and they'd have to strip it of everything California doesn't allow. And she honestly did not know and, and was willing to have a great conversation with me about it because she didn't know. And I suspect 90 percent of the audience had no idea.
1: And, I mean, you also need to ask these people, well, is the gun-free school zone law uh, when it was violated, aggravated assault, murder? Are those things not, you know, against the law anymore? It's just the guns now?
0: Right. Yep. I mean, listen, if you ban things, uh, they're not going to happen. I mean, nobody in Georgia smokes marijuana because it's against the law. (laughs) Nobody in Georgia carries a gun into a gun free zone because it's against the law. And nobody murders in Georgia because it's against the law.
1: Three, two, one, zero. All engine running.
0: It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. If you would like to get a copy of this or any of the other shows, if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, text the word show to four 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 nine nine nine. That will also sign you up for my daily email where you would have gotten the red alert about Republicans potentially caving on guns in Congress. Thankfully, it looks like they're walking that back. There is some breaking news at this moment from NBC. According to U.S. intelligence officials, Russia compromised election systems in seven states prior to the 2016 vote. Three senior intelligence officials tell NBC News the intelligence community believe the states as of January 2017 were Alaska, Arizona, California, Florida, Illinois, Texas, and Wisconsin. The U.S. intelligence community developed substantial evidence that state websites or voter registration systems in seven states were compromised by Russian-backed covert operatives prior to the 2016 election, but they never told the states involved, according to multiple U.S. officials. They never told the states involved. You know one of the states that's not mentioned? Georgia. And there have been a lot of attacks on Brian Kemp uh, for voter integrity in Georgia, uh, largely related to this. There has been a lot of speculation that the Georgia system was hacked. I will Remind you what the situation was, is that the Department of Homeland Security claimed to have found a vulnerability and attempted to hack Georgia unsuccessfully. The vulnerability did not work, but it was reported in the media as a successful hacking attempt by outside groups. It was actually the Department of Homeland Security trying. Yes, there was an issue with Kennesaw State University. Uh, One of the projects up there, they released a voter file. Uh, with everybody's social security number out there, they recalled them all. Uh, That was not the Secretary of State's office. Um, Yeah, I'm sure if Brian Kemp is the nominee for governor in Georgia, this will be an attack by the Democrats against him. It is worth noting, though, it is also an attack now being leveled at him by some of his Republican opponents. But here is the intelligence report. Georgia was not one of the um, systems that was... Uh, penetrated and I need to tell you something a blast from the past perhaps for some of you but one of the people who deserves credit for this is a Democrat named Kathy Cox who was the former Secretary of State now the Dean of the Law School at Mercy University um for those of you who well you, you need to understand some history about the Georgia voting situation and it's amazing how quickly people forget it has not been 20 years ago although 18 years ago so in the year 2000 most states in the union still used paper ballots Georgia used a Scantron machine in Georgia you would go to vote you would get a ballot and you would fill in a bubble the The ballots were then collected in a box. Those boxes were secured. They were transported to a Board of Elections, and they were passed through a Scandron machine that scanned the ballots. Now, the reason the United States went to electronic voting is because of the 2000 election in Palm Beach, Florida. The Palm Beach County Board of Elections designed what they called a butterfly ballot, And in that butterfly ballot, you opened the ballot, it was like the page of a book, and you pushed out a little hole. And the question was whether or not someone had intended to vote, because you had what were called chads. Those were the little pieces of the ballot that were pushed out. You could have dimpled chads, where it looks like someone left an impression with a little push out, but they didn't actually push the thing out. You had hanging chads, which were the chad did not completely disconnect from the ballot. And then you had completed ballots. And the election in 2000 was so close between Bush and Gore. uh, Bush won Florida by 537 votes. He won the Electoral College, won the election, having lost the popular vote. And the West Palm Beach or the Palm Beach County balloting, everything bad comes out of Palm Beach County, it seems. Um, The Palm Beach County ballot was such a national disaster and so... Uh, ridiculous in the debate over hanging chads and whatnot, Uh, there was a move on at the time by Diebold, the big electronics manufacturer, to have people buy their electronic voting machines. Kathy Cox was the Secretary of State in Georgia, and she and the Democrats in the state legislature and the Republicans in the state legislature, many of the current Republicans in the majority were Democrats back then, you'll remember, decided to go electronic balloting. One of the paranoid things that people, one of the concerns people raised is that wouldn't it be possible for people to get into those machines in some way? If they were connected, the Internet was coming on, people had access to the Internet. Could they transmit the vote? Could it be secured? And the way Georgia got around this is that all of the machines were disconnected from the Internet, You couldn't actually get into the voting machines over the Internet. When the machines are at your voting location, they are rounded up and you have the voting cards that go into the machines, but the data is not transmitted across the Internet in real time or even later. You have to take you have to get the cards and the cards of each of the machines hold the vote and those cards are taken to the Board of Elections where they're read now, for some reason, the incompetent morons who run Fulton County still, for some reason, take longer than Methuselah lived to count an election when it should be instantaneous. And every single year, there seem to be failures, um, but... I will remind you that I was an elections lawyer in Georgia for a number of years, and there were horrific stories about the paper ballots suddenly going missing or more showing up at, at the Board of Elections. Um, it's really easy to commit fraud in a way that it's not as easy with these Diebold machines that Georgia uses that you cannot hack remotely because they're never connected to the Internet. And that was a call Kathy Cox made. Uh, Because at the time, there was a real sense of paranoia about voter security uh, that we are now seeing again in this country. and seven states, it appears, the Russians did compromise their voter integrity systems. One of the states not compromised is Georgia. Uh, And again, just to come full circle here, the current Secretary of State and the the Secretary of State between Kathy Cox and this one, a lady by the name of Karen Handel, have routinely been attacked For voter integrity, because of the voting systems in Georgia, the demands of some for paper balloting, Uh, the reality is Georgia has a very good voting system, it is secure, there is integrity, it has not been hacked, and any attacks on Kathy Cox or Karen Handel or Brian Kemp are just political attacks. It's not a perfect system. I mean, look at how long it takes Fulton County to count. But that's not at the secretary of state level. It never has been. Fulton County has always been incompetent. Uh, It's always going to be incompetent when it comes to voting. I mean, the world could end and you could still be waiting for Fulton County to count a vote. That's just the reality of the situation. But Georgia has good machines, and it's nice to hear that Georgia is not one of the places that has seen its uh, ballot boxes compromised by Russian hackers because they made a very smart decision at a time of widespread paranoia not to connect our machines directly into the Internet. Folks, I'd like to thank Quip for sponsoring the show this week. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. Now, what is Quip and what sets it apart? I've been using Quip even before they were a podcast sponsor because I kept seeing their ads on Instagram. Uh, And actually Jonathan last at the uh, substandard podcast had recommended them. And I'm a big fan and I'm a big fan for two reasons. One, I hate having to travel with chargers, and with most electric toothbrushes, you kind of travel with a charger. You don't with Quip, which is great. It uses a standard battery, and it makes it easy to change. It makes it easy to keep up with, and you don't have to worry about losing your charger or packing your charger. The other thing is the brush head size. A lot of electric toothbrushes have a brush head that is so big, it's hard to get in your mouth, let alone to the back of your teeth, and you got to brush the back of your teeth. Quip's brush head size. It is easy to fit in your mouth. It's easy to get into those tough to reach spots in the back of your mouth. I really like it. And the cool thing is it pulses and every 30 seconds, it stops very briefly. Just so you know, you've got a countdown for two minutes, brushing your teeth like Dennis recommend. And so you can time it. You got 30 seconds. You got the little pause, you know, okay, it's now time to work this side of the mouth. Pause. And uh, on the fourth one, it it buzzes three times. So, you know, you're done. You brush your teeth for two minutes. I have really enjoyed the experience. Having gone through multiple toothbrushes from some of the big brands, Quip is the one I like. It's the one I stick with. And, you know, it mail order, they will send you every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide, a new brush head. So you never have to worry about uh, your brush heads uh, getting to the point where they're just not good. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Eric. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You got to try Quip. It is a great, great thing. And if you travel, again, this is why I love it more than anything else. You don't have to worry about rechargers. You don't have to worry about chargers. None of that. Your toothbrush is going to go with you and it's going to work. Hello there. It's 26 after the hour. Let's go to the phones. Waiting very patiently is Scott from Decatur. Welcome.
1: Hi, Eric. I've got a question for you. I'm hearing more and more that the moderate Republicans are moving left on gun control because they're saying that the conservatives on the right are not willing to budge. Are you seeing the same thing? Or are they just, you know, yeah, yeah, the uh, listen, um, there now, really are, are resources, though. So.
0: There really aren't moderates anymore. Um, there are liberals who don't like being called liberal, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they're more and more willing to expose themselves because they see conservatives as unwilling to compromise um, on a constitutional principle. And really what it is is you've got a group of people, Jeff Flake among them, who really want to be liked? Uh, they're tired of being hated in a hater society. The president hates them. They got to be loved by somebody. the president hates them, so uh, they they want to be embraced by the media. So they want to look reasonable and grown up and mature and willing to compromise. Um, it, it, you would never have these people ask Planned Parenthood to compromise, but but you know the gun people. You know the gun people. They're all hicks and rubes in the south, and who cares about them anyway?
1: That's right. Where like that I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, listen, uh, never, ever, ever be be surprised when someone who calls himself a moderate eventually throws your liberty under the bus. That's just the right. way. Yeah. That, Thanks, Eric. You're welcome. That's the way it is, folks. I mean, I, I hate to be that way, but uh, there really aren't independents anymore in this country. The overwhelming number of people who call themselves independent these days are Republicans who are ashamed of the Republican Party. The overwhelming number of moderates in this country are liberals who are ashamed of being liberal. There are very few moderates in this country who are actually conservatives who are ashamed of conservatism. There are plenty of conservatives ashamed of the conservative movement right now, me among them. But I'm not suddenly going to redefine myself. Liberalism goes through this thing every couple of decades where they go from being liberal to left to progressive to liberal because they keep getting ashamed of themselves over and over and eat eat their own. Uh, and moderates tend to be liberals who are ashamed. Um, they, they are perfectly happy voting for bigger government and liberal social policies. Just please don't think of them as liberal, uh, even though they are. And they will sell out your rights on these issues time and time again. Uh, you know, I will tell you, I got asked by a reporter earlier today, would I ever compromise on the Second Amendment for background checks, for, for uh, banning long barrel rifles with magazines, And I said, I would be happy to consider it. I would consider it. But the left has to go first and prove they actually care about lives and support a 20-week abortion ban. And then I'll consider it. Doesn't guarantee I'll support it, but I'll consider it. But I'm not even going to consider it if the left is never going to compromise on the taking of life that is abortion. Uh, Why should I? Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 404-872-0750, one wsb Let's go back to the phones. Damon in Riverdale. Welcome. Well, hi,
1: Eric. How are you doing? Good evening. Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad for the most part, but thank you. And uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. But to let you know, full disclosure, I'm an independent voter. Uh, so I'm not on either side. I don't care about Democrats. I don't care about Republicans. But my question is this, and I need your help on it because I was I was about to get in an argument with a friend of mine, and basically where the argument was is something I really wasn't 100% sure on, so I need your help to, next time I have this discussion, to say I got it from Eric Erickson. Okay. The question is this. He asked me, this is concerning the Second Amendment, he asked me, to. Was I in the military? I said, no. He said, is this state being attacked? Well, I said, well, by who? And no. He said, that's what the Second Amendment says. I said, excuse me? He said, have you ever read it? I said, well, I might have seen it back in, you know, when I was in, back in the 70s when I was in grade school, but I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. He said, the Second Amendment gives you the right to keep and bear arms if you're a member of a militia to protect your state. I said, huh? what? I said, no, it's the right to keep and bear arms. He said, no, you idiot. That's the, that's the, end, of the, that's the end of the amendment. Look it up. Well, I, said I, don't trust any, I so, said, I don't trust anything on Google or the internet. <laughs> so
0: the, here's the clause, um, and it's, it's uh, two clauses in one sentence. A well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state. The so right of right. the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Um, so you, so you need to understand the history of it first. Uh, what the Supreme court says is that the first clause is preamble, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Um, the second clause is the intent and the intent is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So that raises the question. Okay. What was the militia? Well, the militia were the volunteers who would gather um, the, it wasn't a it wasn't a paid National Guard situation. These militias were uh, local essentially service organizations. So now where did this come from and why did they feel the need to put it in the Bill of Rights? Well, it comes from the Glorious Revolution of 1688. James II, the king of England, uh, banned the private ownership of guns and during the Glorious Revolution they passed the English Bill of Rights. And in the English Bill of Rights, they noted uh, that to protect against the tyranny of the state and to ensure a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So the key here is necessary to the security of a free state. That's where this uh, Second Amendment comes from, the English Bill of Rights. And what do they mean by a free state? It means the people's ability to prevent tyranny from happening on their shore or against their person. So, in other words, um, you have the people able to form a militia to protect the state from foreign invasion, but also to band together to protect the state from the rise of despots within the state. Um, So it has as much to do with protecting your homeland as it does to protecting your person and property from uh, the encroachment of bad guys.
1: Okay. Okay. So so my counterpoint would be if a thief walked on my property and passed the uh let's see, what does the county have? The four foot four foot infringement. Long story short, he walked on my property, Mm -hmm. I can actually shoot that person because I don't know who they are. They weren't invited and I'm no, a
0: because that also goes to the historic castle doctrine. Um, the castle doctrine is they have to actually encroach inside your castle. Um, uh. A king could not attack his subjects who were on his land unless they tried to penetrate the wall of the castle uh so you cannot in fact if if someone does penetrate your home and then flees you can't run out the door and chase after them and shoot them it's one thing to have a right to own a gun it's another thing with how you actually get to shoot at bad
1: people ah okay okay yep that's it help me with help me with the argument when you ever heard the saying, if you're arguing with an idiot, they'll beat you by experience? <laughs> All right. So help me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to, in basically layman's terms, I, because he's throwing. I mean, he's literally throwing the Constitution at me. I mean, he's okay. like, read it.
0: Okay, so l- let me round this out for you. The Second Amendment, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States, uh, in a decision written by Justice Antonin Scalia, the Heller Decision said that the right to keep and bear arms is an individual right of the people. Uh, That's Supreme Court precedent in this country. In the same way someone might argue that there's a right to an abortion, uh, because of the Supreme Court, well, there's a right to a, a keep and bear arms, a right to own guns. The difference between the two is that uh, there is no abortion right in the Constitution. It is interpreted from a privacy right that is interpreted from a right in the Constitution. Uh, the Second Amendment is actually the explicit text in the Constitution. Now, you should note that in the copy that is so frequently uh, circulated, you see uh, th- that there's an extra comma, a stray comma in the, the uh, Second Amendment. That actually isn't really up for debate. The reason B is because when the amendment went to the states for ratification that were certified by Thomas Jefferson, then the Secretary of State of the United States, that stray comma wasn't there. So the issue for the Supreme Court and that they decided in the Heller decision, is that there is a right for individuals to own guns in this country. That the, the initial phrase, uh, a well-regulated militia or a well-trained militia, uh, ha- is really a perfunctory statement. The legislation or the, the amendment doesn't apply to people who are in the National Guard, it applies to all citizens, and it applies for two reasons served by the militia of the colonial times. One was so that people could defend the country from foreign invaders at a time there was no standing national army, and two, in order for their own protection against bad guys and and against the state, should the state rise in tyranny. It derived from the English Bill of Rights that was passed after the Glorious Revolution, where the English, in response to James II confiscating guns, uh, determined that people's right to keep and bear arms was a necessary protection against the state's rise in tyranny. So I hope that makes all the sense in the world for you. I'm not sure I can explain it better than that. The Supreme Court decided you have an individual right to own a gun welcome back it's eric erickson here let's go back to the phone shirley in atlanta welcome
1: hi mr erickson i'm so excited to get to talk to you i tried to get through yesterday but you know everybody else wanted to talk to you i understand I am calling about um, David Hogg character, mm-hmm. the um, supposed survivor. Um, there's been a lot of information on social media that he is not actually a student at the school. He wasn't actually a survivor, that um, there's pictures of him in a cap and gown for graduation from a school in California a couple of years ago and different things like that. Have you found out if any of that's true? Uh, They they are
0: photoshopped. Uh, The school confirms he is a student. Um, Various law enforcement agencies have confirmed he was a student. Uh, He was on campus The day of the shooting, he was in a closet actually interviewing other students with his cell phone. Um, They were not in the immediate presence of the shooter where they were located. He 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 is a legitimate student, uh, and people are trying to discredit him. And that's one of the unfortunate things with the internet, I think, these days is people make stuff up to discredit someone instead of confronting his arguments. Um, He has a right to be heard. He is a victim. He does not have a right to bully other people, and I think he is. Uh, And he does not have a right to be given um, de facto uh, authority and and win any issue by virtue of he was in the school. And those who seek to discredit him by photoshopping images of him, claiming he graduated from other schools or whatnot, um, who are seeking undermining with conspiracy theory, I think they undermine uh, legitimate arguments uh, that dispute his viewpoint. Uh, but that's the age we live in where people come up with this stuff. You know, there's a, a big story out today, or yesterday rather, that the Russians uh, in the 2016 election were trying to um, co-opt Southern Baptists and and cause controversy within the Southern Baptist Convention over the 2016 election, which they succeeded at uh, beyond measure. And this is just a continuation of that, uh, and it's unfortunate.